And I'm just so grateful for uh, both Jonatas and Adrian giving us all the information of everything that's going on today. Did any of you, by the end of some of that video announcement, just go, whoa, there's a lot going on here. Anybody else or just me? Right? So we were in staff meeting on Tuesday, and, uh, you know, we go through the summer, and we're, we're preparing all summer long. It's a little bit slower. It's a little bit calmer, but, but we're prepping, and we're ready, and then all of a sudden, September just hits, and bam, everything is happening at once, and we had our staff meeting on Tuesday this week, and Pastor Rob and I looked at each other at the end and just went, okay, there's a lot going on here. And now you just got hit with all of that on the announcements. And uh, somebody emailed me this week, and I get this, I get this uh, fairly frequently. Somebody, uh, comment, uh, co- uh, they email or they message me or whatever, and they go, Pastor Bahati, listen, I'm just wondering, is there anywhere where I can get involved at Evangel? Because I have not yet found a place to be involved. Is there, is there anything that I can do or anywhere that I can? Listen, if that is you, that video that you just saw, that's for you. <laughs> and the info sheet, that's for you. And the newsletter that we send out almost every week, that is for you. We have a gazillion places uh, for you to get involved and for you to, to help out. And it's not just about helping. This is the way that you connect with people in our church. This is the way we build friendships. This is family, all of us pitching in. And so there's about a million places where you can get involved and where you can connect and all of that stuff. And, uh, and so I just want you to hang on to that and pay attention when we're showing those videos and all of that. And then even at the end of the service, turn to somebody else and say, you know, I didn't know that we did this, but this is what I heard and this is what we're going to do. Does that sound all right? It's good? You're awfully quiet this morning. It's fine. We'll allow it. This is the moment when if you have your smartphone, and I don't because I forgot mine at home, but if you have your phone or you have your tablet, you want to open it up to the Evangel app and uh, you can find, uh, again, all the stuff that's going on. You can also find the notes for what we're going to be talking about this morning as we just walk through scripture and uh, walk through some some rhythms of grace. So we started this, this new series last Sunday and we said we were calling it the Unforced Rhythms of grace. Why don't you say that with me? Ready? One, two, three. Unforced rhythms of grace. And we just went, oh, that sounds good. And we took that title. It's this series that we're going to do for a while. We're going to do it till we're done. And when we're done, we'll stop. But, but we're calling it the Unforced Rhythms of Grace because we took the title from this scripture that many of us are familiar with, the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. And we looked at it specifically in the, in the message version of scripture where it says, are you tired? Anybody here tired this morning? So just three of you? Yeah. Are you worn out? I'm not going to keep making you raise your hand. Burned out on religion? Don't raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> Jesus said, come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, Jesus said. At walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. There's that phrase. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, with Jesus, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Doesn't that sound good? I, just, just take a deep breath with me right now. Seriously, would you just go, oh, that, that sounds good. 
the unforced rhythms of grace. Walk with me, Jesus said. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Just these, these simple rhythms that we're going to talk about over the next while. These, uh, if you want to get, if you want to get fancy, we're talking about spiritual practices or, or even spiritual disciplines. Sometimes they're called, but things, practices, rhythms in our life that if we incorporate them, they help us to grow. And they help us to deepen our faith. They help us to, to walk out this journey of faith that we're all walking with Jesus, to walk that out really with integrity and with depth and in every part of our lives, not just on Sunday morning. So, so each week for a while, we're going to talk about one rhythm or another and just talk about maybe how we can incorporate it into our lives if we want to do that. And, and when it's appropriate and it's something that we can do in the service, we'll, we'll practice it right here in the service so you have an idea of maybe what it might look like and, and what might go along with it. And, and, and the point is really to try to give you something practical that you can use in your own life. That's the point of it all, is to give you something that you can take home and you can go, well, I can... I can do that. I can incorporate that simple thing into my own life because it's not as complicated being a Christian as you might think it is. It's not that hard. It's not that complicated. It's not that, maybe it's not as dramatic as, as what somebody might have told you, but God really is here. God really is here. Where you are right now, where you are in your life, where you go to work, where you live, where you go to class, God is there. God is in those spaces. Isn't that, isn't that incredible to think of that, that God already is there? And so let's, let's pay attention to that. And so there's a few resources that I recommended to you, and one of them I told you would be here by, by today, and it didn't get delivered on Friday, and I went, so it's not here yet, but it'll be here next Sunday. You know, I'm praying for that. But it's a book uh, by Ken Shigematsu called Survival Guide for the Soul, and he talks about this a little bit, this idea of God being already here. And he says, spiritual exercises or spiritual practices or what we're calling rhythms of grace, spiritual exercises attune us to God's presence. They're acting as sticky note reminders that God is with us all the time. They don't lift us high into God's atmosphere, you know, where God is, because we're already in God's presence. Just let that thought settle in for just a moment. We are already in God's presence. What does the song say? This is my Father's world. This is God's world, and he is already here. But, 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 there is something intentional, intentional, about, about connecting with that, we don't, just, um, we don't just drift into spiritual growth. You know, I don't know how many of you have kids. I don't have kids, but I've seen enough of you with kids, and I was a kid, so I think I have some. How many know that kids don't just unintentionally, they don't just drift into well-adjusted growth and maturity, right? And the parents all laughed hysterically, right? How many of you know, okay, I am married. How many of you know that a marriage does not just accidentally, unintentionally just drift into, into years of unending blissful joy at all times? How many, 
Anybody want to confess? Right now, you're all going, oh, my gosh, the pastor does not have a perfect marriage. Correct. Right? It's a good marriage. I love him, and he loves me. But, but right, it takes some intentionality to, to, to grow in that. We don't just drift into graduating from university. You don't accidentally wake up one day and go, oh, look at that. I got a graduate degree. That doesn't happen. We don't just drift into new skills in our jobs and go, look at that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just that good, I guess, because I got my beauty sleep. No, that's not how that works. And the same is true with spiritual growth. When we're walking out our faith, we don't just drift into spiritual maturity or into spiritual growth. Jesus says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Jesus said, learn from me the unforced rhythms of grace. There's something that's intentional there as we look at that. And so last week we started this series and we kind of just laid a foundation for it. And we talked a little bit about um, how for some people Christianity has become about just simply managing sin, that that's, that's all that it is for some of us. And, and we said, well, surely there's got to be more than that. And then we said, for some of us, Christianity uh, becomes something just kind of going from one dramatic moment to another, the real like you know, really huge spiritual highs or those moments that are just so dramatic and so radical when just, we just know that God's in it. And every time we have one of those moments, we go, yeah. And then we go looking for the next one. And we said, but there's got to be more than that because that's not all that our faith is about. And, and when you look at what Jesus had to say, when you read through the gospels and the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are all four different people that wrote about the stories of Jesus. And, and, and when he was talking, Talking, I mean, Jesus seemed to be talking about good news all the time. And his good news seemed to be about more than just managing sin. And it certainly wasn't just about one radical, big spiritual experience after another. His good news seemed to include the idea that, that there was good news right now, right here in our ordinary, regular lives, that something life-changing and life-shaping could take place in our lives now. That is not just about heaven, not just about eternity, but it's about today. It's about Wednesdays, you know, that that's where the good news happens. And Jesus seemed to, to, to talk in a way that, that even in this regular ordinary, crazy, busy world that we live in, that even, even in that space, that there's room, you ready for this? There's room for God to just break in and be at work. What? And that, and that we could join in with that. We could be invited to be a part of that in our regular lives, just be part of what God was doing, just like Jesus did. You know, I'm really fascinated by this statement of Jesus that he made at one point. In John chapter 5, verse 19, he said, I tell you the truth, the Son, that's Jesus, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing, and whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Could you imagine if we lived like that? I don't do anything unless I see that that's where God's at work. I just live my life looking for where God is at work and what God is doing and what God is saying. And I, I join in with that even as part of my regular, ordinary, everyday life. And Jesus seems to suggest that we can, we can do that that we can look for where God is at work and, and just join in with that. So we're going to explore and we're going to look at some of the rhythms that Jesus practiced, some of the rhythms that we see in Scripture, and, and see if we can make some space for those in our lives and then see what God does with 
that space. Does that, that sound good? Turn the person beside you and go, I mean, that sounds good. Go ahead, tell them. Oh, that sounds good, right? So today, we're, gonna, we're, we're really going spiritual. I thought, we're going to look at words that start with the letter S. Random. It just, they just happen to start with the letter S in English, probably not in any other language, but I thought I'd just, I'd just flow with it in English. And so I thought, you know, first we talk about there's, there's Sabbath, and you go, oh, my goodness, we already talked about this. Yes, we did. We already talked about Sabbath in July and August, and, and I'm still really encouraging you to try, try incorporating that into your lives, however that might look. Some of the things that we tried maybe included. Jeff and I, you know, we just got back from vacation a few weeks ago. We went through Gaspé Z and it was just wonderful, and, and we talked about that a little bit, and, and we decided to do our vacation a little bit, maybe a little bit differently, a little bit more intentionally than, than we have before, and we had our whole vacation, we had it planned out, and this is what we're going to do, and all of this, but we took time um, nearly every day. We took, a, we took a couple minutes, and some days we took longer, and some days we took less, but we would just pause, and, and we would usually just read some scripture together, and we would pray together, and we would, we would pray and say, God, we're going to invite you into this day. We are, we are, even as we're on vacation, we're just inviting you to, to be present and to show us where you're at work, help us to, to be part of that. Even as, as, as we are going on vacation, would you, and we did that almost every day. And so then even as we went, we would go drive sometimes, we had a few hours of driving, or we would climb a mountain, or we would eat the most wonderful food that's ever existed, or we would sleep, oh, blessed sleep, right? Or we watched whales, and, and we had this great time. Instead of only being on vacation and only being on a rest, we intentionally daily made room for God. We, we, just, we just decided to do that on this time in that rest. And I'm not going to claim it as a formula and go there. So if you do that, then everything will be perfect. I don't, I don't do that. That's not how life works. But I will tell you, we came back saying it was one of the best vacations we ever had, really, in our lives. And, and for us, it was, it was a bit of an extended Sabbath. So I'm not going to talk more about that because we've spent a lot of time on Sabbath already, except to say that Sabbath was one of the rhythms that Jesus practiced, and I think there might be some value in it if we make that part of our lives too. But let me just, let me just keep going, okay? So let's look at a couple other S words. Silence and solitude, Okay. Now this, this morning, silence is working really well. You guys are practicing that already, and I'm proud of you for that. Well done, okay? So silence and solitude, they tend to go together, and they actually sometimes include a third word that starts with S, which is scripture. And, and Jesus practiced these kinds of things. So we tend to focus, when we look at the stories of Jesus, we tend to focus on, on the big miracles that he did and the times when he's with the crowds and the times that he's with the disciples. But there are also moments that we see frequently in Scripture when Jesus was alone and he seemed to be silent. So, for example, in Luke chapter 4, there's a story of Jesus, and he's in the synagogue on the Sabbath. How many are noticing all the words that start with S now that I've pointed it out? There's so many, right? So Jesus is in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and while he's there, he, he heals a man, casts a demon out of him, actually, and news spread 
as news does when someone gets healed or has a demon cast out and it looks kind of dramatic, the news spread, but it was Sabbath. And so there was rules. You couldn't, you couldn't walk long distances. You couldn't go for a hike and all that on a, on the Sabbath. And so, so people couldn't walk a long way. So the news is spreading, but there's not an instant reaction. And then he goes to Simon's home and Simon's mother-in-law is sick. And so he heals her and she gets up and makes them a meal. And I don't know how she did that without breaking Sabbath, but there's that. And then it says, in Luke chapter 4, in verse 40, the sun went down. And when the sun goes down, Sabbath is over. So just like that, the sun goes down and people start arriving. And they start bringing people. They're bringing sick people and they're bringing people that seem to have some sort of uh, demon possession or something going on that's evil in their lives. And they start bringing people that need healing and they start bringing people that have all these needs and, it, and Jesus heals them and he sets them free. And he's just one person after another, after another, all these amazing miracles and amazing moments where with a whole crowd around where he's just, he's just doing what he does. And I don't know, but it appears at least when you're reading it in Luke chapter four, it appears that this maybe went on all night long. I'm not sure. But the next thing we know in verse 42, it's daybreak. And it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 42, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. And so would I. Jesus went out to a solitary place all by, and the crowds were like, no, you need to keep going. I want more. And he was like, no. And he withdrew and he retreated and he spent some time alone. And there's all kinds of examples of Jesus doing this. He did that. He did the same thing when he heard that John the Baptist had been killed, had been executed by Herod in Matthew 14, 13. It said, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat, no less, privately to a solitary place. He spent some time alone. And then, you know, after that, he feeds 5,000 people with just a little bit of food. And then he sends his disciples to the other side of the lake. And then in verse 23 of Matthew 14, it says, after he had dismissed them, after he sent his disciples away, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And, And then in Luke chapter 6, verse 12, again, it says, one of those days... Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. There's just example after example. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark. How many morning people do we have here right now? How many of you? How many of you are going, I prefer the nighttime. I'm the nighttime on the mountainside. Okay. So he does both. So Jesus, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, clearly made a coffee, left the house, and and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. It was a pattern in his life. It was a rhythm in his life. It says in Luke chapter 5 that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places, and he prayed. It's this rhythm of life, silence and solitude, this rhythm of grace that he had going in his life. And stillness and silence is mentioned uh, quite a bit in, in other parts of Scripture as well. So, so you, you can imagine, you know, like Psalm 46 verse 10, which lots of us have heard many times, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. And we hear that Scripture and we go, that's very silent, and it's very peaceful. Be still 
and know that I am God. And we think of it as this verse that is in the middle of this very peaceful space, this very quiet space where nothing can disturb. But actually, if you look at the context in Psalm 46, in the whole thing around that line of be still and know that I am God, it includes all kinds of references to to people, to when we are in trouble, when when things are going wrong. And, And then it says, it uses a phrase, when the earth gives way, when the earth gives way. I don't know if that's a mudslide or an earthquake or what, but that's loud. And we start imagining it and hearing the sound of that and seeing what that would look like. And then it says, when mountains fall into the sea, which is just pretty anxiety producing and, you know, a big to see and to hear, and ocean waters are roaring and foaming and mountains are quaking. And then it goes on and it says, nations, entire nations are in an uproar and kingdoms are falling and God lifts his voice and it says the earth melts at the sound of God's voice and in all of this activity of God and all of this surrounding noise and all of this both trouble and God's response the instruction in the middle of all of that is be still and know that I am God and there's other examples too. In Exodus chapter 14, Moses said to the, to the Israelite people, the Lord will fight for you. What does it say? You need only to be still. And, and in Psalm chapter 4 verse 4, it says, tremble and do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 7, there's a time to be silent and a time to speak, both. Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 7 says, be silent. You're really doing it well today. Be silent before the sovereign Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. And then in Isaiah chapter 30, this is what God said to his people. Only in returning to me, And resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. Only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness and confidence is your strength. I mean, we talk a lot. We talk a lot. Some of us more than others, but all of us. We talk, I mean, we live in this noisy, hyperactive, overstimulated world where everything is crazy busy, where it's standard answer when you say, how are you doing? The standard answer is no longer fine, it's busy. That, that tends to be the answer we give. And we in this North American world, at least, we are not, especially in the cities, especially in downtown Montreal, we are not very comfortable with just silence. We're not very comfortable with stillness. We're not very comfortable with, with solitude. We're not necessarily some of us very comfortable with being present with God without words. We're not 
We don't quite know how to do that. We're not very comfortable with just listening for God to speak and being okay if he doesn't, but still developing a habit of just listening or paying attention and giving God room to be at work in our lives. We struggle with that, some of us anyway. But imagine, I mean, what if, what if, what if we incorporated a gentle rhythm in our lives of solitude and silence? Some of you just checked your watch. Is she almost done? What if, what if we did, now not all the time. I don't want any of you to become hermits or take up the monastic life. I'm not asking you to do that. It's not godlier or more righteous to be alone than it is to be with people. So I'm not, and there's lots in scripture about speaking sometimes and not being silent. So, so not all the time, but what about, you know, sometimes, sometimes in the middle of our noisy, crazy, busy world where silence and solitude are the exception. Because even when we're alone, most of us, maybe if I could, if I could be so bold as to say, even when we're alone, we're on our phones or we're watching TV or we're reading books or we're, you know, it's just being productive in some way. And what if we just cultivated a practice, a gentle rhythm of just saying, God, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be quietly present with you. And I will listen, God, and I will watch. And I'm going to give you permission to be at work in me and to lead me. And I'm going to resist the urge to check my phone because I've sat quietly for seven seconds, so... I mean, what might that look like? And it might, if we tried that, if we tried to incorporate that, it might look like what, what some call contemplative prayer or, or meditation even. Now, don't anybody freak out, okay? We're not talking about meditation that empties your mind and just goes, whatever wants to come in, just come in. I'm going to be one with an impersonal universe and I'm going to lose my personhood and detach from everything. Not that. Not that, okay? We, we guard our hearts and our minds as Christians. We, we're careful what we let into our hearts. But, but Christian, the idea of Christian contemplative prayer, Christian meditation is the idea of, of filling our mind with God, of strengthening our attachment to God, choosing intentionally to be aware of God's presence. It is possible to pray silently. To be present with God without talking. <laughs> it is possible to do that. And, and, and it, could, it could look different ways. So for some, sometimes, or for some of us, it might look like just this time of just contemplating and thinking about God and who he is. Who is God? Psalm chapter 63, verse 6 says, On my bed, I remember you, God. I just remember you. And I think of you. Through the watches of the night, we could just, just think of God. 
Or, or we, can, we can do something that's a little more um, contemplative or meditative, and we, and we go, we're going to soak in Scripture. We're going to take actual Scripture, and we're going to just meditate on that or focus on that and let that be part of our lives. So Psalm 1, verse 2 says, the person, blessed is the person who meditates on God's law, on God's word, day and night. And, and Psalm 119, verse 148 says, my eyes stay open through the watches of the night. This is for the night people again. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may, what? Meditate on your promises, on God's promises, on God's word. And actually, Psalm 119, which is the longest chapter in all, uh, in our entire Bible, it's the longest chapter, and every single verse in that chapter, every single sentence includes a reference to God's word, to valuing it, to meditating on it, to being guided by it. So it can be, it can be prayer that's meditating on God's word. It can also be silent prayer that meditates or that contemplates or, or just thinks about God's creation. I don't know if you've noticed it lately. We all get so busy. We don't even notice this creation that God has made for. And Jesus himself said, you know, look at the birds. And we jump ahead to the lesson that he gained from them, but we don't actually stop and look at the birds. How many of you have looked at a bird this week? Look at the birds, he said. See the flowers. See the flowers. Well, I'm too busy to do that. Well, I'm just telling you, Jesus said, look at the birds. See the flowers. He suggested we could learn from looking at and watching God's creation. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. What? Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet, their voice goes out to all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Psalm 8, verse 3 says, When I look at the night sky, God, and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you set in place, it just brings this understanding and this reminder of how amazing our God is and how very humble we are. Can I just ask you, when was the last time you paid attention to creation? When was the last time you looked at creation and just stopped and saw it and listened to it and smelled it and felt it? Can I just, let's tell you one of my secrets that I love to do more in the summer. It's getting a little too cold now. But Jeff can, Jeff can verify this, that there are times that if you, if you saw me, which you wouldn't because I'm usually alone at this time, I just, I just lay down on the grass, face down. Because I love looking at the grass and what's happening. Do you have any idea how much is happening in a lawn? There's a lot. And just looking at that and going, God, this is amazing that you've created each blade of grass right here. And I'm just looking down at it. And, and just, I mean, we can see God and we can take joy in what God has created for us on this planet that we live in. Some of you right now are going, she has gone off the deep end. We can also do quiet prayer, just listening, listening for God to speak, listening for God's direction, listening for something that he might have to say to us. Moses told the Israelite people in Deuteronomy 13, serve only the Lord your God and fear him alone 
obey his commands, listen to his voice, and cling to him. And the word listen is repeated throughout scripture over and over and over and over again. Listen. And God does speak to people through scripture over and over again. And some of us go, well, he doesn't speak to me. Well, it's possible we're not listening. In my, in my own experience, God doesn't yell, not very often. And he doesn't even tend to interrupt, although he's quite welcome to. But he tends not to. But if I make time to intentionally listen, I mean just listen and, 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 and plan that I'm going to value. If God speaks to me, I'm going to value it. Sometimes I, 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 for me, I take a pen in my hand and I have paper ready. And I sit and I have a pen in my hand and I go, God, if you have something to say, I'm not just going to listen. I'm going to write it down because I'm going to value what you have to say and I'm going to take time with it. And I write down what I think maybe God might be saying. And sometimes God does indeed speak. We maybe just need to stop talking. And you go, well, my, what might that look like? Well, we're going to try it in just a few minutes, okay? So you'll be perfectly comfortable because you've been silent for, you know, the last half hour or so. But let me give you some practical ideas of how this might work in your own lives, okay? So first of all, somebody goes, okay, so we got to be still, so we got to sit very, very, very still. Okay, that works for me. I'm quite comfortable sitting very still. My husband will lose his mind, if we ask him to sit perfectly still for more than 12 seconds, okay? His hand's going to start drumming or his leg's going to start going and all of this. For some of us, being still means moving, okay? So, so we're not going to do it this morning, but, but when you go home, if you're like, I want to try some of this, but I, Patty, I can't sit still. Don't sit still. Go for a walk. Or, or some kind of repetitive task that doesn't actually require mental attention, but you know, you're washing dishes or whatever, but you're doing something because sometimes that for you is being still, and that's okay, all right? Uh, but, but, and if you are a person that likes to be still, then, then find a place, choose a place. Where are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? It's got to be a place where you're going to be comfortable, but you're not going to fall asleep, and so it might be a park, it might be a specific chair. For me, it's my closet because I'm weird, but wherever. And, and then you go, well, when am I going to do it? Well, you need to pick a time. Somebody said to me, yeah, I really got to see if, if time just shows up. And I, I end up with, time never just shows up. You pick a time and you plan a time. And sometimes uh, for a period of times. But you, and, and, and sometimes you do that regularly. But also get in the habit of just savoring the moments as they happen. And watching for those moments over and over again through the day. Just pausing and going, oh. God is in this moment. Uh, Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, talks about this. And he says, consider the solitude of those early morning moments in bed before the family awakens. Just, just a moment. Think of the solitude of a morning cup of coffee before beginning the work of the day. Yes. Right? There's the solitude. Now, this one I can't quite identify with. But there's the solitude of bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic during the freeway rush hour. Maybe? Uh, there can be little moments of rest and refreshment when we turn a corner and see a flower or a tree. Or instead of vocal prayer before a meal, consider inviting everyone to join into a few moments of gathered silence. Find new joy and meaning in the little walk from the, from the metro to your apartment. Sit out, slip outside just before bed. Taste the silent night. Just these little moments. Can I just add to that? Turn your phone off. <gasps> 
But the world might end. It won't. Turn your phone off. Unless, you know, it helps you to play maybe some nature sounds. That's what I do. I play nature sounds on my phone, and sometimes I set a timer. And then you go, and you just choose. What am I going to focus on? Am I going to focus on nature? Am I going to focus on scripture? Am I going to remind myself who God is? Am I going to just listen? Just pick one. And, and then just, just try it and have a clear beginning and a clear end where I go, okay, this is, this is the moment I'm starting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just be silent. I'm going to be present with God. And I'm going to follow this focus. And a, and a clear end where I go at the end, okay, God, thank you. Thank you for this. And I'm bringing this time to an end. And, and just so you know, each time you get distracted during the time that you've picked, because you will. Everybody gets distracted. I get distracted. So every time, the second, you're going you're gonna to go, okay, here we go. And three seconds later, your to-do list is going to start just going in your head. And, and, and all you, don't, don't beat yourself up. Just gently go, okay, I'm going to just turn that, move that to the side. I'm going to submit that to God, and I'm coming back. And you just do that, you know, over and over again. Brother Lawrence in the 17th century just called it practicing the presence of God. How many are going, I don't know, I don't know. Can we try it this morning? We're going to try it. We have four minutes before the end of the service, okay? So, so where you are, uh, maybe, you know, take it, sit comfortably. Make sure you're sitting comfortably. Straighten up if it helps or lean over if it helps, whatever you want to do. You can close your eyes if it helps or there's a scripture on the screen that you can focus on. And, and maybe just, let's just, let's just try it. We're, we're just going to take a deep breath because it just tends to help slow us down a little bit. And we're going to just start by saying, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we invite you alone into this time. Would you bring our thoughts into line with yours and help us just to be quiet just for a moment to discover what silence can be. Then for some of us, we struggle with the absolute silence, and so we maybe turn on some nature sounds or something that help to focus us a little bit. It's just nice and quiet, but it helps us to maybe consider nature or creation. just let our hearts be at peace a little bit in God's creation. Then we remember the scripture that we read earlier from Isaiah. In quietness and confidence is your strength. In quietness and confidence is my strength.
really remember that God is here. In quietness and in confidence is your strength. And if something comes along and distracts, just go, God, I'm surrendering that to you. Just come back to being quiet. God. And then we just bring that time to a close, usually just with a whispered prayer of thanks. Or, God, would you guide me as I go through the day? And thank you for this time that I've had with you. See, you did it. Just three minutes. But in quietness and confidence is our strength. Would you stand with me this morning? Our God, it's a bit strange for some of us, especially those of us who are Pentecostals. We like the noise. But Jesus, you had moments of solitude and you had moments of silence. And if you needed them and you practiced them, then it's a pretty safe bet that it would be good for us as well. So God, for would you help us this week, even as we go about our week, if there's a time or a place or this is something that you want to start incorporating into our lives, just as a gentle rhythm, not as a a have to or a I'm doing it wrong or something like that. But just as a, I'd like to welcome this into my life. I'd like to make space for God in my life in this way. And God, would you show us how and where and when? And would you help us to courageously make space for you with silence and with solitude? And God, we're going to walk out of here now into the spaces of our lives. Work, family, food, classes, neighbors, house cleaning, laundry, traffic. In all those spaces, would you remind us this week that you are present there. You are present there. And would you help us even more than that to join in with you there and to um, carry Jesus in those spaces and to do good, to look for places to do good and to do it, 
to love each other, to look for people that need love and to love them. And to reveal Jesus, just being aware and conscious and intentional that we reveal Jesus where we go. And would you help us to do that well this week for a world that really, really needs you, God. Help us to walk in your presence this week. Help us to be safe and to do well. We ask that you would bring us back safely next Sunday, and we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. If you want to receive prayer, just like every Sunday, we have a ministry team at our prayer stations, and you are welcome to go there. They'll pray with you. God bless you a lot. Say hi to someone before you leave. Grab a coffee. We'll see you next Sunday.